WJMF 88.7 HD2 Smithville, Providence, or you're tuning in at WJMF.com, or if you're tuned in here on Facebook, welcome to the show. Uh, this is Down to the Wire. I'm Brian Costa. I'm Carter Adams. And we got a great show ahead, uh, ahead, ahead for you tonight. Uh, Carter, why, why don't you back that camera out a little bit so uh, we, we can see our guest a little bit better. Uh, we're welcoming in a special guest tonight uh, as our, uh, it's our personal roommate, uh, Jake Marchand. Jake, welcome into the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's actually funny. I mean, I, I I've known Jake probably the the longest out of any of my sweetmates, but for some reason we still haven't gotten him on the show yet. But it's actually great to have him on. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah, it's for great, sure. Great to have him on. Yeah, Carter, I know we were trying to figure out some things go, going on earlier with the thing. You can hear him all good on on your on your end. Yeah, I can hear him good. Yeah. All right, perfect. Uh, so you know we got a lot to talk about on the show from pop culture to sports, and we can't wait to jump into it. So, uh, you know, let's let's get let's get it going. Let's get it going. All right, so, you know, the uh, usually we start off with sports, but, you know, uh, for this Halloween special of what it is tonight, uh, let's just jump in and let's, and let's uh, you know, jump in with one of the largest stories of last weekend uh, was the fact that, uh, you know, hip-hop superstar, rapper, producer Kanye West finally teamed up with Joe Rogan on a podcast and delivered for a three-hour segment that was, uh, you know, pretty memorable to say the least. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've been hearing some. I've been hearing some good things, especially from you, Carter. I, I know that you put it out and you said that it was basically inspirational on your end. Oh, for the most part. Yeah. And then I heard. I can elaborate on that a little bit. And then I also, I've also talked to some to someone else who's going to have on this show, Ryan Wild Goose, and he's saying that it was a big that he, that was a big old joke. So I know there's there's a lot of you know different opinions on that end. Uh, but what do you guys just think? What do you guys kind of think about that whole situation? Well, first of all, I'll just say that I was excited to get on here with Goose and debate it a little bit with him. Yeah, we're gonna have to do that. Do that behind the camera. So yeah, uh, for sure. Still looking forward to Maybe it. Maybe we can get it on the camera at some point. At yeah. some point, yeah. Uh, but in terms of the Kanye podcast, uh, I thought a lot of his thoughts were were very good. They're very sporadic out there. Um, I did. I didn't like the the particular delivery of his thoughts. Yeah. That that's really my only issue with it. I think uh, most people expected that he would be going on that show to showcase his ability to be a presidential candidate. Yeah. And, he uh, did not necessarily do that. No, he did not do that. He he's got a long way to go if he wants a realistic shot of being president. But um. Yeah. For the most part, I thought uh, he had a lot of a lot of progressive ways of ways of thinking and um progressive is uh, is one heck of a way to put it i mean yeah i mean uh, he, he's bringing up things that i've never even thought about in my entire lifetime i mean i didn't watch uh i didn't watch it through uh you know uh, end to end but <laughs> there was one part throughout it where he was basically saying that uh he wanted to basically send church uh church choir singers off into like off to go train like uh olympic athletes and then he wanted to have a stadium full of like a hundred thousand a gospel yeah. singers just singing. Yeah. And I was like, and part of me was like, was like, wow, this dude is, has like a lot of ideas, but there's another part, part of me that like, this dude is freaking nuts. <laughs> well, I, I, I did like that idea. It, it took a little bit to, to grow on me. Yeah. I thought, obviously, like you just said, it was weird at first. I was like, what is this guy talking about? But yeah. you think about it, and you, you think about what he was actually saying there. Think of, think of how good that would be. Like, he's a very spiritual spiritual dude. Yeah. And um, <laughs> obviously, he takes Christianity to, to the next level as it's, in my opinion, um, becoming less and less relevant as time moves forward. Yeah. That's nothing against any, any sort of religion or anything like that. But that's all I really have to say about it. No, I mean, you're completely right with the whole faith with the whole faith thing. I mean, uh, that there's no real arguing with that. But, uh, you know, it was a very interesting podcast, to say the least. When we do get Goose on to discuss it more, I will be excited to do that. But 
uh, I think it's finally time that we jump into the that we jump into the sports world. Yeah, it's nice to get that little intro of pop culture before we before we go into it. But yeah, for sure. All right, so you know, uh, uh, usually we 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 really kind of jump. We really kind of just pick and choose between what we like to jump in with. Uh, but tonight, with Jake being on the show, Jake. Uh, is a very large Houston Rockets fan. I I'm sure. I've, I'm sure the the viewers have heard us talk about that before. Yeah, we probably we, Jake, we Jake probably talked we probably talked enough trash about him. Oh yeah, of course. I yeah. So I think it's about so you know uh, with with some pretty big news coming. Uh, you know, not exactly in the in the best favor of Rockets fans. We did want to get his personal take of it. Uh, you know, uh, two two big uh, key faces of, of the Rockets franchise uh, have now gone on two separate teams. Uh, the, uh, one of those one of those guys was uh, former Rockets head coach Mike D'Antoni. He is now signed on to be the, the assistant coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Of the Brooklyn Nets, uh, he'll be the assistant to Steve Nash, which is kind of ironic because uh, Nash and D'Antoni have you know been together two times uh, in in their lo- in their careers. But uh, the funny thing about that is that D'Antoni used to be Steve Nash's head coach. He did it once in 2004 and through 08 with the Suns, and then he did it again in 2012 through 2014 with the Lakers. Uh, it's gonna be. It's pretty weird to say that, uh, you know, the student is now is now gonna be training the master in yeah. that sort of way, but I do like that they are gonna be surrounding Steve Nash with. Uh, I think that it is smart that Steve Nash is kind of surrounding himself with guys that have been there before, and it is it is a very interesting take. Uh, uh, you know, Jake, what are your thoughts on on D and Tony kind of taking off for Brooklyn and you know making this move? Well, honestly, I think it's good for the Rockets. I yeah. think it was needed. He's yeah. uh, he's been doing the best he has been able to, but he's he's just hasn't been getting it done. Yeah. He's been running the Rockets like it's an AAU team, and <laughs> it's all scoring, no defense, and there is potential with defense. I know the Clint Capella trade had a lot of people upset, but Robert Covington was a great pickup. He can shoot threes, and he honestly iced that game against the Lakers at the start of the season. Yeah, so he's still playing a big role, but. In regards to how he manages the players, it just it wasn't working. That's yeah. just not. They have the superstars, but it's just not a playoff contender. Yeah, I mean it. I mean, you're saying uh, you mean you're. I mean, you're talking about coaching like an AAU team. I feel like the Brooklyn Nets are going to be Dean Tony's next experiment with that, to say the very least. I mean, you got Katie, you got Kyrie, and you just got you know basically everyone else at that point. I mean, do you think that uh, Dean Tony is going to be able to you know get is going to be able to elevate the Brooklyn Nets, or do you think he's going to be more of a detriment to them. Honestly, that's going to be a tough one. We're going to have to see where that goes because Katie's been out for a while yeah. after he got that uh, ACL tear. So we're just honestly going to have to see how Katie's feeling because Katie's health is going to be a big determining factor for the next season. Absolutely. So I think that's once we see where he is. I mean, I've seen videos lately. He's looking great. He's in the gym. He's fully participating in practices, but we're just going to have to see how he does on the court. Yeah, I mean, I know that. I don't think the Nets are going to necessarily be doing the small ball kind of kind of play that the Rockets are doing. I mean, they got Allen, I think, still at center. They got a, they seem to have a lot of talent still, you know, going on the team, especially down low. Uh, I'm really trying to think as to as to, I mean, I do find it to be a very smart move that Nash is surrounding surrounding himself with a bunch of guys like that. I know he also got an assistant out of out of uh, San Antonio. I don't remember the guy's name to be exact. Uh, I think it was like uh, Udoka or something like that, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but I, I don't know about you, but I think that it is very smart of Steve of Steve Nash to be surrounding himself with these guys. He he's now getting Dean Tony. He got his uh, he 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 actually got uh, another uh, former former uh, player Dean Tony. He got Amari Stoudemire to be a head coach there. Uh, do you think? What are your thoughts on the future of Brooklyn just in general? I mean, I know you're talking about it's going to be very dependent on uh, Durant's health, but 
uh, just the fact that Brooklyn basically seems like they have a like a new legacy kind of uh, looming. I think it's going to be fun to sit back and watch because yeah. uh, with Dan Tony at the assistant coach position, he's gonna he's gonna want to push all offense, especially given the players they have. Kyrie Irving, obvious, very good offense player. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Durant. It's gonna be like a street ball offense with Kyrie. Exactly. So it's just gonna be interesting to see how they like how they combine Steve Nash's coaching and whatever Mike D'Antoni wants. Jake, so. this is something we talk a lot about on the show. Kyrie Irving's attitude. How do you think that is going to clash or work well with Durant? I don't know. It's it's really like it depends on how bad they want it because yeah. they're, they're both like to some extent they're in it for themselves. Kyrie Irving, he has an ego and you know it's there. You can see the chip he's carrying on his shoulder. Yeah. But I think they both like Kevin Durant has already gotten his ring. I don't know. Kyrie just he needs to step it up and he needs to like accept the team player role. Like there's a reason why people are happy he's out of uh, Boston. There's a reason why people like Kemba because he's actually playing the teammate role that Kyrie couldn't. So and it, and he has to change his attitude. And for Kemba especially, he's almost kind of a for, at least for the Celtics this year. I mean, I know they didn't get the didn't get as far as a chip, which they thought they you know had a much larger chance of making. But especially after the second round exit, uh, and looking at the Celtics before the pandemic, obviously, which really just shook, which really just shook up everything for all sports leagues uh, alike. Uh, you know, it really kind of did seem like addition by subtraction, which uh, I which I know a lot of people have talked about, but I thought uh, it was going to be far from the case. But at least in the regular season, and you know, at least and for some early parts of the bubble, Kemba seemed to be helping that Celtics team. Uh, I am excited for what for what the Celtics can do in the future, especially you know, getting a even though this isn't going to be a normal off season, they will get a, a somewhat normal off season's worth of rest, and they'll be able to you know figure out and learn to play like this and be able to come and come back stronger. Definitely, yeah. Uh, you know, and then the other big move uh, by um, from from a former Rockets player was obviously the uh, was obviously former Rockets GM Daryl Morey. He is now, I believe, signing on to become the uh, become uh, he's signing on to become the president of basketball operations in for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Morey has been Morey's kind of been known for a lot throughout his career, both as a GM and both and you know just as a personality, obviously. Uh, Personality-wise, he was known for kind of being one of the lone guys in the NBA for calling out the uh, for calling out the Hong Kong tr- controversy when there when there were basically protests over there. He said free Hong Kong, and he got a lot of uh, got a, basically got a lot of backlash from the NBA for that because of their market over in China. Uh, I know he, uh, but he's also been able to, uh, you know, uh, as a GM, he's been able to acquire a lot of talent. I mean, he got Dwight Howard when he thought that Dwight when Dwight was still, you know. At a good point in his career, he got Russell Westbrook last year. Uh, he's he's able to he's able to you know mold the Rockets into that small ball team, which took them a little bit. Uh, they I mean I, I completely forgot he got Chris Paul at one point, and that took him to the West Western Conference Finals. Basically, was one injury away from a, from going to uh, the finals, uh, but uh, you know Chris Paul's leg just uh, completely negated that. Uh, oh, yeah. But uh, you know Jake, from seeing like what the from seeing what Mori has been able to bring to your team as in, in terms of talent wise, uh, do you think he's going to shake up this Philly team, or do you think that it's just going to be more like more kind of just like getting them little pieces here and there? Honestly, it really depends how much he's going to shake it up. Some people have been hypothesizing that he wants to bring Harden with him. I saw that Stephen A. talked about that, and I was like, I was like, oh my goodness, See, that would be insane. Joel Embiid and James Harden, that would just be ridiculous. But I just, I don't know. It's, yeah. We're gonna have to see how it goes. I mean, he also like D'Antoni. He might just want to change of perspective. 
you might want to change it up a little. And I mean, who do you trade for? I mean, who do you trade for James Harden? Though? I mean, I know you talked about Embiid and Harden, but I think Embiid, I think Embiid might have to be the guy that's out the door. Uh, I'm agreeing with you. And getting and Embiid down to Houston would be something else, just to say the least. You got Russell Westbrook, you got Joel Embiid. And a new Rockets GM would be shopping for a big man, especially, especially after Darren Morey made his mark on the organization. Yeah, especially. I mean, you could. I mean, I think a pick and roll between Russell Westbrook and Joel Embiid would be something. Oh yeah, that would be beautiful. That would be really special. I mean, I know, I know a lot of people are talking about the Rockets never wanting to get rid of James Harden. Um, you know, I know there's, I know there's some people that are really, you know, big like hardos on that. But I think if, but I think if the Rockets could be in a position to, you know, have a really uh, really solid offense between uh, between Russell Westbrook as point guard and being just the physical beast that he is and having and having uh, Joel Embiid just dominating down low and still able to still able to you know shoot from distance. That's a team I think that could really compete. Well, I think something you have to consider too is James Harden's on a two hundred fifty six million dollar contract. Yeah, Russell Westbrook's only on like eighty. That's yeah. a lot of cap space for the Rockets. That's so much money. Like if if he goes, you could bring a lot in. So Definitely. it just depends Absolutely. what they're shopping for. Yeah, that's why I always have said that the Rockets uh, shopping James Harden is the move. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. I, as a Rockets fan, I genuinely hope they do because he he puts up stats, but as I've been seeing in recent years, he's just in it for himself. You know, yeah. it's all about the stats. And this is coming from a Rockets fan, people. Yeah, I know, a Rockets fan. You got to get that through your skulls. I mean, the fact that even a Houston Rockets fan, I mean, you're not from Houston, but we're but we'll get to that on a different thing. <laughs> oh boy. I mean. You're, <laughs> Get from Western Connecticut here as a Houston Rockets fan, but okay. Uh, but anywho, uh, you know, I do I do find it interesting that even you know Rockets faithful in quotate in quotation marks uh, would still be would still be you know eager to eager to you know consider shopping a guy like Harden who, uh, you know, might go down as one of the most prolific scorers at least of our era. Yeah, I mean maybe the guys that live in Houston have a little little different mindset on the James Harden issue. But Jake, I know how big of a Rockets fan you are. Uh, how long before you're a 76ers fan after <laughs> Never. I mean, you got, Never. That Never. you got that Harden poster in your room, man. <laughs> I'll have to get a different one. <laughs> we, can just, we can talk about that another time. Yeah. <laughs> and I do, do kind of find it funny that you were, uh, well, not funny, but interesting that you brought up like Harden scoring a lot of stats, uh, basically kind of just being like a stat pattern. And I do agree with you. But I also kind of, and I also kind of funny that I also kind of found it ironic that they brought in a guy like Westbrook who, when uh, when Kevin Durant left, and you know maybe maybe a little more, it made a little more sense that with maybe the lack of talent that he had in OKC, uh, Russell Westbrook was doing very similar things. I mean, he had to pad stats, and you know he got an MVP out of it. Same thing with James Harden; he was able to pad stats, and he got an MVP out of it. Uh, do you think? Do you think having a would you feel more confident with a Joel Embiid? Uh, with a Joel Embiid Russell Westbrook team going forward, or would you, or would you want to see this, or do you have any, do you have any inkling of trying to see the Rockets run it back with anything close to what they had? Honestly, that's really tough to say. I'd like to see some change because I figure Mike D'Antoni's out, so you might as well, if you're changing that much in organization and Maury being gone as GM, like you might as well just go all the way. And I understand it's difficult to ask an organization to get rid of James Harden because he's essentially their brand. They yeah. brand their team around him, and it's kind of ridiculous how much they do it, but I don't know. I think, like, you're right how they're both, like, chasing for stats, and, like, some nights it works. Like, there have been some nights where, like, they I mean, both get triple doubles, and they yeah, combine I mean, for 80. You, you told me, like, how they both, like, went off. I, I, I know you went to a game against uh, where the Rockets were playing up in Boston. Yep. Uh, I forget I forget who... Didn't, didn't Russ kind of have, like, a better game that, that night? 
Uh, yeah, Russell Westbrook had a forty-one point game. I do remember was, that. Yeah, That's it was right. he was yeah. Was that was the was that the was that the game that uh, Brown put up when, when Brown put yep. up the buzzer beater? Yeah, yeah. dude, yeah, I remember I remember being at home watching that game, and I was like, I I, I forget why I was home, but I but I was wa- but I was watching the game at home with me, and my brother, and my friend Pat Edwards, and we were just watching that game, and I remember just sitting in the family room, just watching Brown just catch that rebound, do this, uh, do that step back, and. We all just lost our damn minds. It was craziness. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah, that was a great game. Yeah. I know my awesome girlfriend brought me to that game. A little shout out there. That was a that was a great game. That was a yeah. great shot. For anyone else, for anyone uh, who doesn't know, we also we also refer to Jake besides the Rockets uh, besides the Rockets fan. We also refer to Jake as a massive simp. Uh, <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> Okay. Uh, but anyways, uh, but anyways, uh, you know, it's been it's obviously it's great to have someone who knows to talk basketball. Another story in basketball that we wanted to bring up uh, is you know another uh, you know our our hometown team, the Celtics, are also looking to you know possibly make some moves this offseason out, especially after you know going out in the Eastern Conference Finals, which uh, you know pretty disappointing to say the least, uh, especially going up against that Jimmy Butler team, you know. Jimmy did lead them and was just a dog that playoffs, and you know you can't you got to just give it to him for that. Uh, but you know the Celtics have a very talented team. Uh, one of the moves that's been talked about, I believe, was at, at least for the most part that's drawn at least some interest out of Boston is apparently a Gordon Hayward to the Indiana Pacers trade. Please, anything to get rid of Gordon Hayward. Yeah, and I guess like I guess possible possible uh, return from the trade could include Miles Turner. Which would be huge for Boston. That would be big. Because of all the things Boston has been lacking, similar to Houston now, has been the big man. Yes. You know, and getting a guy like Miles Turner up in Boston would be huge. You know, it I, would be huge. I know, uh, you know, I know that, I know, uh, you know, you know, the Miles Turner thing has been discussed. Uh, some people have also thrown out Victor Oladipo as a possible Yeah, option. I was just about to ask, is there any way you yeah. can see the Celtics trying to pack that trade a little more to get Oladipo? Oladipo has been discussed in that trade. Uh, you probably have to pack in a guy at least like Smart's caliber. Maybe you probably have to, you probably have to at least consider shopping Jalen Brown at that point. Oh, I, I don't I, like the sound of those two. I know, yeah, I don't, but I feel like, but I feel like Smart would at Come least. Come on, man. What about like Carson Edwards and a pick? <laughs> and a pick. Uh, why not? Yeah, just uh, why don't we throw an Abdul Nader? Like <laughs> something like that. I don't know. It's yeah, the no. Pacers. They Brad Wanamaker. They've been, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it would be, it would be that that'd be a pretty crazy move. I mean. I know Gordon Hayward's had a lot of injury troubles, but uh, do you think that a fresh start in, in Indiana would be would probably be best for him at this point? Oh yeah, a fresh start in, in any spot, um, yeah. anywhere that's not Boston. You know my opinions on Gordon Hayward. I mean, I know him, but you. And that's you why want, you can you, wanna, you can talk. You want to voice your opinions on Gordon Hayward? No, I feel like everyone watching has probably probably heard me enough. Um, <laughs> I don't like Gordon Hayward, not one bit. I actually hate him with a passion. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's. Brad Stevens, little boy, and I think that he's been on the Celtics ever since his injury uh, for uh, some sort of emotional attachment reasons. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's all I really have to say about Gordon Hayward. That emotional attachment reason is, ac- is actually kind of something I, I kind of take, a, I kind of think about because, you know, it reminds me of another move that happened up in Boston. Uh, you know, in 2015, uh, you know, at, the Red Sox were, the Boston Red Sox were in last place in the division. They were doing horrible at this point. Yeah. And the manager John Farrell at the time, who was responsible for bringing, was responsible for leading uh, that 2013 squad to a championship. Uh, you know, he was di- he was diagnosed with cancer at the towards the end of the season, and he ended up, but uh, and he basically ended up, you know, like he sat out the rest of the season. Ron Renneke, the uh, the assistant coach, took over, 
And, you know, the Red Sox had one of the better records in that final stretch of the season than most of the most competitive teams in baseball at that point. And it was really, it was actually really interesting. But, uh, you know, I, but then I believe Farrell stuck around for, I think, two more years after that when it was, con- when it was almost kind of considered that if he hadn't been diagnosed uh, and gone to the, and basically was taken out of the lineup and basically taken off the field in such a way, he might have been fired that offseason. And a lot of people felt that maybe for possible, like, sympathetic reasons of what he was going through. He was kept yeah. around. Uh, obviously can't. Obviously, I, we were all praying for John Farrell to get better from that diagnosis. Not not wishing him to. Not saying that we wanted him to be fired in the midst of that. Yeah. But it is kind of an emotional attachment thing, similar to that. Where Th- nothing to the caliber of, of John Farrell having cancer and and Gordon Hay- and Gordon Hayward having a shattered leg. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that we weren't that we weren't like at that point. Oh, trade him or oh, fire him. <laughs> yeah. He still sucks. Yeah. Like no, we obviously have hearts here. Yeah, no, you're but right, like, yeah. but you know, looking back on it in with with almost kind of like a, looking back on it like you know in retrospect, a lot of people go, oh well, that guy would have been fired after the season if that didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Or no, and, you're right. And yeah. some people might look at Gordon Hayward now, and it's like, and there's, it would be like, if there's I, the two factors. It's the injury and just the fact that him and Brad Stevens have yeah. always had a close. Well, yeah, relationship. and Brad Stevens are, are, are boys with each other. I mean, exactly. Yeah, you can't. That's a bond that you can't really get rid of. And that's why you can talk all day about Gordon Hayward trade rumors, but I know I know well that that guy has a Celtic until he retires, probably. <laughs> Realistically. Yeah. Jake, I mean, what are your thoughts on the whole Gordon Hayward situation up in Boston? I mean, honestly, I think I kind of agree with Carter. Like, I wouldn't say I hate him. But I think <laughs> I think he's not a bad player. Like, I think he's a decent bench player. And, he got, I just, and at this point, and he got a really bad break. He did get a bad break. Li- literally bad. and figuratively. Yeah, that, that is true. I just feel like it comes to a point where the bad outweighs the good. Yeah. And uh, but like you were saying, the emotional attachment, and yeah. just the sentiment. No, and my and my other argument when it comes to Gordon Hayward, look at what happened with Isaiah Thomas. I, <laughs> I, I did, didn't agree. take that Celtics front yeah. office more than thirty seconds to decide he's gone. We're, dry, we're he's leaving. Like there is a lot of facts to that, and two, uh, and especially spent especially since Isaiah Thomas has never been the same player since the Celtics got rid of him. Exactly, and he didn't only have an injury. His his sister passed away, and he and he came back and played played those playoffs still. Now, I mean, Isaiah Thomas, I mean, however, that was something that happened to Isaiah. And no, you're right. And so if, but if there's going to be emotional attachment to any player, you'd think it's going to be someone like Isaiah Thomas over Gordon Hayward. Yeah, What's true. the hype about Gordon Hayward? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand that. And, I mean, obviously Isaiah Thomas had that had that tragic injury. And, and like him, like John Farrell and like Gordon Hayward, we were, all, we were all rooting for him to get through it. And, you know, he he came out and he gave, and he gave a 53-point performance of his lifetime. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I... Uh, so I mean, you know, Isaiah Thomas when he when he was traded, I mean, there were a lot of Celtics fans up in arms, just saying, saying, how could Danny do this? How could Danny do this? Yeah. And Isaiah has never been the same player ever since. And I know that there are still Celtics Celtics fans that are calling for a possible Isaiah Thomas reunion. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, that man ended his career though. Yeah. The more you think about it, yeah, he, he left it all on the court in Boston. Yeah. The easiest way to put it. Now I know I said there are some Celtics fans calling for a return to Boston. I am one of them. I don't care if it's on the bench or whatnot. <laughs> I would love to see that. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see it, but we already have enough players that, are, that are short. Yeah. <laughs> Kemba Walker, uh, Brad Wanamaker. It's so true, though. Like, yeah, well, at least spend that money we'd spend on Isaiah Thomas on someone with some height. I mean, at least if you have Taco Fall, it averages it all out. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, but you know, that's really all I think we have in the NBA so far. Uh, let's jump over to the NFL. Sounds good. So we were talking on Wednesday's show basically about 
uh, uh, it kind of came up during the show that there were some trade rumors going on with Patriots cornerback Stephon Gilmore during the show. Uh, we, we really didn't have a lot to react on at that time. Uh, we also learned during the show that he put his house up for sale. Oh, yeah. He put uh, his house up for sale. So that was a pretty big one. I mean, He's out the door. He's out the door. He's gone. Yeah, so the NFL trade line of all days this year is going to be on November 3rd. Yeah. So uh, if there's going <laughs> to be enough panic already going on around the country... Uh, the you know the NFL just said the NFL just basically just said LOL let's make it let's make it a little <laughs> let's make this interesting wow a lot of headlines on uh, Tuesday November third it's also Jake's birthday too yeah one hundred percent yeah Jake that's gonna be just a he's gonna be fourteen this year everybody. <laughs> Uh, I wish. My birthday. Can't wait. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a hell of a day for Jay. No. Happy yeah. birthday to you. Uh, but you know, uh, do you think that? Do you think? I mean, currently the Pats are two and four on the air. Do you think they should? Do you think the idea of shopping a guy like Stephon Gilmore should be explored, especially since uh, I guess his contract was basically renewed? Uh, well, they didn't renew his contract, but. He wanted like a raise in his contract, and, and instead of giving him more money, they just took money from like next year and they just tagged it onto this year. So next year he's only going to be making about seven million dollars. Yeah. So it the other so the only options at this point are either you restructure it next year and you give him the money that he wants, or it basically you trade him because he's not going to be happy with seven million. Yeah, no, he's really not. I feel like he's. Do you think definitely... a trade should happen? Yes. You do. Yeah. 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 What do you think? What do you think is if you had to have an idea of. I mean, you've, you've seen guys that the Pats have traded for. Brandon Cooks, they've been able to get – they got they got him for a first-round pick. You know, or they traded a first-round pick for a yeah. guy of Brandon Cooks' caliber. Uh, but then Jamie Collins was traded for, like, I think, like a fourth or fifth-round pick. How much – what do you think you're uh, – Jimmy Garoppolo, also uh, another notable trade recently, was traded for a second-round pick. Yeah. What do you think is Stephon Gilmore's trade value? I mean, he's he was last year's Defensive Player of the Year. No, you, do you think you can you at least can't, you can't even put Stephon Gilmore's name in the same sentence as those other players. Yeah. I think he's done a lot more not only as a player but as a Patriot to prove himself that that you can't put his name above those players. I think you're getting you're getting a player and at least a, a pick for for someone like Stephon Gilmore. What's the lowest that that you'll take for, that you'll take uh, besides uh, a player? Is it a second? I don't think you go lower than a first. Really? Yeah, really, really. No, I I do think his trade value is high enough. He's one of the most praised cornerbacks in the league. And, I mean, any team taking him on, I, it'll be a little more – I mean, it, it won't even be a rental. You'll have him probably yeah. for another year if you rework that deal. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's why I, I, th- I know Belichick is going to – he's going to shop Gilmore because uh, the stars have aligned. They're more than aligned at this point. But I really – he hasn't done enough yeah. enough bad to outweigh his good yet, at least in my eyes. He, he hasn't been playing to the same caliber as last season whatsoever. Yeah. But he's still – he, he still hasn't unproved himself as being a Patriot. Yeah. I think if I were Belichick, I would sit in that office and restructure his deal like you just said because he, he has heart, and I know he, he will play with that same heart, but it's it's a business. Now, Jake, I know I know your location I know your location actually plays at least a role for your NFL for your for your, for your NFL uh, fandom, but uh, <laughs> absolutely New but York look, Giants all the but, way. But I mean, obviously they're not doing too great either this year. Oh, yeah. But but with but with the way the Pats have started off this year, do you think that it, it probably is wise for the Pats to probably look look at moving on from Gilmore? It's a short season. I think I agree with Carter. I think it, there's nothing wrong with exploring it at, yeah. at the bare minimum. One hundred percent. I mean, I guess there have been reports from, I think, Burt Buehrer, I think it is, but I'm not 100%. It could be a different guy. Um, and he basically said, yeah, the Pats, might, the Pats are basically in a full, are basically in fire sale mode. Oh, and, yeah. and any players available. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Could Cam Newton be available? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, is Bill Belichick saying, 
I, only, I mean, if we don't win again, Trusty Lars is within reaching distance. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I don't even want to look there. <laughs> well, I've been on too much of an emotional roller coaster as a Pats fan these past few months that I no, I don't even want to look towards that. Yeah, I mean, it, that would be interesting to say at least. I, I, I don't. I mean, I'm gonna be. I, it's gonna be really tough for me, you know, having to move on from a guy like Gilmore. Uh, he is going to be 30, so I mean, uh, for cornerbacks, they obviously do have a shorter lifespan than most. Yeah. Uh, it, I think it might. I think unfortunately, it might. Be, it might be time. It's going to be tough. So I mean, but you know, the Pats have made have had to make moves like this with prolific players before. Uh, Lauren Malloy was traded at was traded uh, before the 2003 season when they went to go on and win the Super Bowl. Uh, they've tried. They uh, they got they let Malcolm Butler walk. They traded Jamie Collins. They traded Jimmy G. Uh, and their whole idea of it, uh, at least at least for some players, they, they think that they're getting rid of them a, a year too, a year early than a year late. Uh, you know, there's some argument to that. Obviously, Jimmy G. They got rid of him when he was basically still when he's basically now still you know coming into his prime. Uh, so there is a lot of discussion on that front. But yeah. uh, I think it. But I kind of agree with you. If, if, I, if Belichick makes the move, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be disappointed, but I won't be surprised. Yeah, no, I I won't be surprised in the slightest. Unless I just unless it, unless it's like oh he unless it's like oh Bill Belichick uh, dumps him for a dumps him for a six and I'm gonna be and then I'm and then I'm gonna be all up there. Oh, of course, I feel like everyone would be people that aren't even Patriots fans would be disappointed if Gilmore I mean, got dumped for a six. I mean, you want to see a purge in Providence? That it'll be a real purge. <laughs> there'll be a purge in Foxborough uh, very shortly yeah, after 100%, that. Hundred percent. Yes. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know. Th- there's going to be a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of things going down November third. Uh, you know, obviously we got the presidential election, then we got then we got the NFL trade deadline. So going to be an interesting day to see to say the least. Uh, you know, uh, talking about this Pats team, they're not doing well at all. Cam Newton says that this game against the Buffalo Bills is a must win. Uh, I know Carter, you said on you said on Wednesday show that that you don't think that you don't think this game is a must win, but especially but now hearing wait, you hold up, when did I say that? I don't remember saying that. I thought you said that for sure on Wednesday's show. Any game is a must-win going forward. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, what do you mean? Those guys why would that I, guy? No, what, why would I say this game is a, is not a must-win after losing two straight? I, I'm very certain. I know I, I, I know I have some out-there takes, but I would never say that. All right. I, I, I'll have to go back to the tape on <laughs> okay, that. But yeah. uh, what do you think? But I'll rephrase the question. What do you think about you know Cam Newton, especially you know pleading the urgency at this point? Is, you know, he, he basically said that, uh, you know, last week that, that it was like, hey, it's not time to press the panic button, and yet and he immediately jumps to, hey, it's time to press the panic button. No, I saw him quoting, you know, we we don't tolerate losing in this locker room. I don't know. Oh, he's co- he's quoting Karate Kid at that point. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I was, yeah, I, was like, no I was like, way. I was like, wait, where's that from? I was like, oh, he's from Karate Kid. This is this is one of two games left in the season. We still have to face the Bills. Obviously, yeah, it's a must win. I mean, you got to at least get get back to get back to trending towards five hundred. Yeah. You, need, you need to. It's. Yeah, I mean, I do agree with you that any game at this point is going to be a do or die. Well, maybe not any. I mean, you can make the playoffs as a ten and six, a nine and seven. Yeah. And so I mean, you do have a little bit of breathing room. By by breathing room, I mean that much breathing room. You have very little breathing room. <laughs> yeah. So you, it's it's going to be a do or die. No, I won't be surprised if this Patriots team does not make the playoffs. Though. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Yeah, no. I don't have expectations, so I'm not I'm not going to be disappointed when it doesn't happen. And if anyone's going to be going to be like, oh, the Patriots are done, I'm I'm going to be like, it's 2020. We I've I've seen I've <laughs> seen I've if seen, there's going to be a year we don't make the playoffs, I, I'm going to be like gonna be I'm going to be like I've seen weirder at this point. Yeah. Uh, you know, this year has been so messed up to say the least. If 
If it's like, hey, the Patriots don't make the playoffs, I don't think that's going to be like, oh, my God, this is the moment the stars all align. Yeah, but, no. then, <laughs> but then you talk about the Gilmore trade. You bring up the possibility of him just getting dumped out for a sixth, and it's 2020. The, the possibility of that doesn't seem, doesn't seem too slim. Yeah. I mean, another another thing being talked about, I believe it was by Bart Scott over at ESPN, but I'm not 100% sure. He basically said that, you know, Bill Belichick, uh, you know, he's going to end up looking to shop a guy like Stephon Gilmore. We talked, we were joking early, uh, just a couple minutes ago about him possibly dumping him for, you know, jump change. Uh, Bill Belichick, you know, as a GM, hasn't hasn't drafted a pro bowler since 2013. And Bart Scott over at ESPN basically made the argument that it's time for Bill Belichick to be GM. Basically, you know, just wanted to, just wanted to be uh, 100% with you guys. The GM, Bill Belichick, not the head coach. They said it was basically time for the GM, Bill Belichick, to hand over the reins and basically, you know, give it to a guy who might be able to go out and actually get some, you know, draft capital and some, and make some moves that way. Do you agree with that? There's I mean, a lot of different factors you have to look at. I mean, at. the guy hasn't drafted a Pro Bowler in, in seven years. Who was the last one he drafted? 2013. 2013? Might be Jimmy Collins. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. I have, I have to take a look. I, I, I never even thought of that possibility just because he's been the GM for so long. I mean, it's not it's not to say that he hasn't gotten other guys since then. I mean, he was able to get a guy like James White yeah, who's been so. in, who's been instrumental for this for this past team and if he's not making a pro ball, that's not that's not a big concern to me. Yeah. I mean, the guy has been able to do incredible things on the field. Uh, he's been able to pick up, you know, late guys in the defense who can just, you know, make make that solid play and you know, he has that entire mantra of do your job and you can basically get guys that can just do their job. Yeah. So, I mean, I do think that I don't know. I, well, I guess this team and teams going forward are, I guess, just proof to see if that that should be the case. I yeah. don't know. This uh, this past draft, especially, he's gotten a lot of controversy for his picks. One hundred percent. I mean, I know no he, I mean, he drafted, I believe, two tight ends in a row, and we haven't seen any of them touch the field yet. Devin yeah. Asiasi and uh, Dalton Keene, and you know, it was supposed to be like, oh, these guys are going to be the people who this, and it was like. Oh, Gronk's out the door, but we got Dalton Keene and we got yeah. Devin Asiasi. I also just like I also just don't see Belichick working as effectively if he has someone else telling him which players are are going to be put I, onto his team and which aren't. I do agree, and that's going to be the prop that that would be the big drawback, which I think people like Bart Scott over at ESPN don't recognize, where it's like where it's like if he, if Robert Kraft, who you know has stepped in a lot of times, uh, maybe for Pat's fans who you know like like some of this like some of the ideas of stepping in, especially when it came to keeping Brady uh, when Belichick had thought about possibly turning him to the 49ers instead of Jimmy G and other and other things had come up. Uh, I don't think it, I don't think it, after all the thing all after all the times that Kraft has stepped in, having basically having uh, having him do it again and say, Hey Bill, we're also gonna take away some of your power on this team even though I you know you know I've already done that a little bit already. Yeah, he's but out the door if that happens. Belichick Belichick might just put might just take off the hoodie and just say, All right, I'm out. And then that's either the best thing that ever happened for the the franchise of the Patriots, or the worst, or the worst thing. Or the I, worst. I wouldn't guess I wouldn't, best. I wouldn't go with best. I said that's why I, I said wouldn't it. go it's with either, best. It's either I, the best or the worst. No, sometimes no, sometimes that, the changes that need to that happen are the ones dark, that are right in front of your face. That is a dark day in Pat's nation. I'm oh, yeah. sorry. That is a dark. No, day. you're right. That that there goes the team as we know it. <laughs> like yeah, that's all we know. No, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That there's no way in my mind that Bill Belichick leaving is. Is gonna be is gonna be a secret good thing for the Pats. There's yeah. no there's no way no. in my mind that no, that's the case. There's readjustment. There were people talking about that with Brady. Brady possibly leaving. They thought uh, I know people were talking about. They were, they were like that could be that could be you know something good. Oh, you, I did. You, I'm you get a guy. Like, I thought it was. Yeah, you get a guy like Jimmy G back there, and he could have been the system guy. Obviously, Jimmy G has an injury had an injury or two out in San Francisco, so 
Uh, you know, Bill still probably looks at him and is like, even even with those injuries and even maybe if he hasn't lived up to all the potential in Niners fans, Bill, Bill's probably looking and, and Bill's probably looking at him and just saying, like, oh, if I had gotten him and I had, you know, had him for all these years, he'd be, he'd be you know, the guy. You're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, yeah. No, I agree. Because Jimmy Garoppolo, like, the way he plays I mean, Bill, since... Bill definitely thinks he could have, you know, probably won Super Bowl 53 with, with Jimmy G. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. But Jimmy Garoppolo, ever since the Super Bowl and into this season, he plays... He, he plays like he's missing two seasons of rest on the Patriots bench. <laughs> he really does. Like, dude, he, I mean, he just what, tells dude, something Jimmy G just coming off that bench was something else, man. Especially in that, especially in that Brady injury stand, dude. He was, he was chucking missiles, dude. Yeah, he was impressive. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, all, he. Let's see. There was also some news that you know uh, Andy Dalton, a quarterback over on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he's currently a concussion protocol. Oh yeah, I did see that. <laughs> he's currently being replaced for for the goat Ben DiNucci. Yeah. I don't know if you know about him. He's a rookie quarterback out of James Madison, James Madison University. Uh, so yeah, complete superstar. Going to be the next. Uh, yeah, does it, doesn't it seem kind of fishy that maybe maybe a few phone calls later, uh, Jerry Jones is first in the race for tanking for Trevor Lawrence? Oh, I find it a little interesting. Uh, I find that a little interesting too. He's, I mean, he's going to end up with the first pick and the face and, of NFL owners. He's going to end up with a first pick and a first round buy because of that. How terrible that position is. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, Ridiculous. I mean, he's still. I mean, he's in third place at at this point in the division, but but he's just one. He's just one of the other two teams away from having a tie from being back up in first at two and five. <laughs> yeah. That's how bad that division is. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. yeah. Uh, but. You know, uh, Dalton has Dalton even when he was in at quarterback was having massive struggles for the Cowboys. I know we were talking. You know, this could have been his real best start. Yeah. Uh, but with these recent struggles, do you think this is this is probably the end of uh, the era of Andy Dalton being like a comparable starting quarterback in the NFL? <laughs> I really hope it's not. Uh, <laughs> maybe after he clears his concussion protocol, he can come back and be the red rifle yeah, that we know him to prove himself. Yeah. Um, I'm putting him above. Ben DiNucci any day, <laughs> dude, <laughs> whoever that is. Dude, you got to see Ben DiNucci. Uh, ben DiNucci, you got to see. I think really this man. is just the end of the, the Dallas Cowboys as we know them. Not that, <laughs> no, not that that was anything special. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, Jake, what are your thoughts on the whole on the whole situation with um uh, with Andy Dalton? Did, do you know what's going on with that situation? I'm fairly familiar with I that. Mean, I mean, obviously Dak broke his leg, which was tragic, and now Andy Dalton is now. Uh, you know, we thought that you know if he gets to a team like the Cowboys and he's surrounded with a ton of talent. I mean, C.D. Lamb, Mari Cooper, Zeke, uh, you name it. Yeah. And it was like, it's like, oh yeah, if you get if you get Andy Dalton these weapons, I, I mean, doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't uh, the Cowboys don't they still have like a pretty decent O line? No, they do. I so, remember a few years ago at least they were praised for their O line. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know how they are exactly with it now, but uh, but I mean, looking at but I mean, looking at you know Andy Dalton basically having all these riches, do you think it? And him struggling the way he has, do you think it's probably over for Dalton? I'd, I'd, say, I'd say it's close to over. Because if you have that much around you, if you have that much talent surrounding you, and you can't work with it, like that—that's your opportunity. Dax out, that's your shot. Yeah, exactly. No, he—he literally placed into the perfect situation. Yeah, he, he was handed. Himself. He was handed that. I guess you, you go out with a concussion earlier than you should have. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, he can come back better than ever. I don't hate Andy Dalton. I want to see him do well. Yeah. I mean, and, and by the way, the end of the, when I mean the end of Andy Dalton, I don't mean like he's gonna retire. I mean like he'll probably just be a backup from that point. On. Yeah, he'll be like passed I mean, around I, to organizations. I mean, Blake Bortles is still getting shots at organizations, so I mean Andy yeah. Dalton will definitely get picked up somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you know that'll be interesting to say the least. But uh, over over in baseball news, there were a couple there were a couple you know possible uh, managerial managerial uh, 
things going on over there. I know the World Series has come to an end, so uh, it's really on to the offseason now for baseball. But uh, one of the moves, one of the big moves that we had talked about a couple weeks ago was uh, it was being discussed that the Chicago White Sox were possibly looking at bringing in uh, former uh, or former their former manager from the uh, late seventies, early eighties, uh, and Hall of Fame and Hall of Famer uh, Tony Larusso. Uh, Tony Tony Larusso to take over the team. Uh, I said on the show at that point that Larusso is a Hall of Famer, a three-time World Series champion, six-time pennant winner, and a four-time manager of the year. The White Sox made it official today. They are bringing him on to be the man to be the manager of this team. Oh wow! Yeah, and I mean, so he uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, who is the owner of the Bulls, also owns the White Sox. When he bought the White Sox, his first move basically with the White Sox was firing Tony Larusa. So he still owns the White Sox. Yes. Now he's hiring him back. Mm-hmm. After all these years of losing, makes sense. <laughs> I mean, and and he based and it's basically based on the idea of of seeing like you know as soon as he cut Larusa, Larusa just went on a run that we've never seen before, and he just you know basically became one of the one of the great managers. Yeah, he's got an amazing style lineup. Yeah. Resume. I mean, what do you think of? I mean, this White Sox team is very very young, I mean, but they got a lot of talent. They made the playoffs this year for the first time I think since two thousand eight. Uh, do you think that they? Do you think this is? Do you think bringing a Hall of Fame manager in that hasn't coached since 2011 is the right move, or do you think that they should have tried to get more of like a player coach that you know can maybe fit like that can maybe fit more of players' needs today? Um, honestly, I don't know enough about the White Sox to give yeah. you a solid answer to that, but yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and Jake, I know you're not a big baseball guy by any means, uh, but uh, but I mean, you know, just also like taking it from a, maybe a basketball standpoint, looking at. Uh, Kind of looking at it from like, you know, Stan Van Gundy. He went to the, uh, he went to the New Orleans Pelicans. A lot of people were th- were saying that might be a problem because Stan Van Gundy's more of a get up in your face kind of guy. I'm not really sh- too sure if, if uh, Tony Larusa is a comparable guy to that, but he's more. But I would say he's probably similar to that than you know, uh, more of these more sympathetic coaches like a Brad Stevens type. Uh, you know, with the with younger players, just on any sports level, do you think it's smart to bring in to bring in more of like these old school guys? Do you think that? You should just be, or do you think they should have been trying to go in a new direction? I mean, it's kind of like what Carter was saying. You really don't know. I think like there's different eras of different sports, and it, the game changes constantly. The way it's played changes, and it's going to be interesting to see how they interact with each other. But like Carter was kind of saying, it's just going to take time to actually be able to see the effects of what's happening with those interactions and how that goes. Yeah, no, I mean, what 100, and I mean, I, I'm a little torn on the issue. I mean, I know that. I, I personally like seeing Tony La Russa back in the game. Uh, I'm I do have worries that you know this could just uh, I mean he went up he went out on top. He was a he he literally retired as a World Series champion. Yeah, in no, it, it sounds like it would be a really good look for baseball. I'm not and I'm, I'm I mean, not too familiar with him, but from yeah, what you say, about he's one of the marquee he's one of those marquee managers just from like that you remember from from certain eras. And I mean yeah. having him back in the game definitely can't hurt. Yeah. Uh, he's 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 pretty well he's pretty well uh, beloved. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm frankly excited to see what he can do with this White Sox team, especially since he's been able to take teams like the, uh, like the Cardinals and uh, like what they, what, and you know other teams throughout his era, and he's been able to really just take them to the pinnacle. Yeah. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, another managerial uh, uh, hire that I guess is coming close, also possibly went to, also possibly was being discussed with the White Sox was uh, former Astros manager AJ Hinch. We there were discussions about him possibly going to the White Sox, but. It has come out today that he is going to become the next manager of the Detroit Tigers. Uh, I, I think I said it, but Hinch obviously was the manager during that infamous, now, now infamous 2017 Astros cheating scandal. Yeah. He was suspended by for a year uh, by baseball and 
the Tigers uh, manager last year, Ron Gardenhire, he retired like basically with a month left in the season and just said, I'm just going to peace, I'm out. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, probably like a week left in the season, not a correction on that. But he basically said, hey, I'm out, I'm done. I'm, I'm old, I'm going to go hang with my grandkids. <laughs> no, literally, I think that's what he said. Yeah. Uh, and he just said, uh, he just said, I'm done with this. And, uh, you know, Hinch is a very, Hinch was touted for really being able to bring, bring together these young guys. Uh, but now his legacy has really kind of been tainted with this uh, science stealing scandal, which uh, I, I don't know if it's that he that I don't think he was the guy behind it, but it was basically that he didn't stop it that caused a lot of trouble. Uh, do you think that it's good that do you think this is a good move for the Detroit Tigers, or do you think that you know Hinch should just be out of baseball at this point? Oh, um, I like the Tigers. I really yeah. do. They're probably my second favorite team. Really? Yeah, just because of like family. Oh, sure, yeah. You said, you said you I've actually been out. there. Where do they play? Comerica. Comerica. I've been there. Yeah. Really? I saw Verlander pitch in, like, 2011, 2012. Oh, that, that was MVP, it was, Verlander. Yeah, it was, oh, like, champ, uh, World, World Series years. Yeah. The Tigers. I saw yeah. Prince Fielder play as well. I mean, I think, I mean, yeah, so Jim Leland was obviously, was obviously the coach during that team, and Jim Leland uh, loved him as a head coach. He seems like he was a great guy for baseball. I mean, he obviously retired, too. Uh, and, I mean, he's not, he probably won't be coming back anytime soon. If he did, that would be amazing, but... Uh, but basically, uh, you know, the Tigers, they were, yeah, like you were saying, around 2011, 2012, uh, even 2013-ish, they, they were like, they were pretty much the team in the American League, in the American League until the Red Sox in 2013, uh, took them out that year. And oh, they were ridiculous yeah, before Mi any other team had, had some of their Yeah, Miguel Cabrera, who was the, yeah. the triple crown winner, I mean, they were literally at the tops of at the top of baseball for a while and they just weren't able to crack through and basically take and basically take out the Giants with and their one uh, World Series appearance. Yeah. Uh, in 2014 I remember they went out and they made a crazy move. They had they had Max Scherzer on the team. They had, they had yeah. Justin Verlander. They they traded for Dave uh, uh, yeah they traded for David Price. Uh, they also had I think they had Anibal Sanchez who was really good also that year. So they had a really, really solid pitching staff and people yeah. were like people were like, oh this this Dallas uh, and not this Dallas, this Detroit squad is going to just go to the World Series, and a lot of people thought they were also going to face the A's, who had who traded for John Lester and Jeff Samarja, and I think also at the time had uh, I can't think what his name is, Sonny Gray. So it was just a, it was a lot of people thought those were going to be the teams that meet in the ALCS to determine who goes to the World Series. And it was going to be one of the great pitching matchups of all time. Obviously, the A's in 2014 had a massive collapse after the trade deadline and got eliminated by the Royals in the 2014 Wild Card game. And the and the uh, Tigers had a very similar collapse, and basically uh, David Price and all the other guys couldn't live couldn't live up to the hype. And basically, uh, they, they, I think they went out uh, they went out by way of the Baltimore Orioles in the 2014 playoffs. And ever since then, they have fallen from grace and, and basically are now bottom feeders at the bottom of baseball. Uh, get high picks every year in the MLB draft. Uh, here's the thing: I I know of all. Of all the ways to probably get back to the top of baseball, I'm this is probably like one of the least favorite ways I'm I'm, I'm seeing it. But yeah. uh, to see when when I remember seeing the Detroit Tigers at the top of baseball, they were a very uh, formidable foe, and I I I, I kind of respected like you know how how good of a team they were. It was Miguel Cabrera, Prince Fielder, uh, they traded for Jose Iglesias at the time, which I which I thought was crazy. Uh, Melky uh, was Melky Cabrera on that yeah. team. I'm yeah. not one, I'm not one hundred percent sure, but it was there was someone else on that team. I forget who. Uh, but I, I remember they yeah, just had the pitching. Oh yeah, and Same. the pitching, one hundred percent. And like I remember the one bad part of them was their bullpen. But besides that, like I remember them just being, you know, unstoppable. Yeah. And I was, and I remember when the Red Sox beat them, I thought like I, I was like, I was like, I was like, they just won the chip. 
<laughs> I mean, obviously the obviously the Cards took them six games in the in the World Series, but you know, I think ha- I think having uh, I think having the Detroit Tigers, uh, you know, working back towards being towards being one of the best teams in baseball, I see it as a good thing. Exactly. Yeah, I can't complain. Yeah, and then finally in baseball news, uh, you know, also going along with the Astros shooting scandal, uh, the Boston Red Sox have apparently been in multiple talks at this point since uh, uh, with their former manager Alex Cora. About a possible about a possible reunion in Boston, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Cora had to be Cora was fired this year as, as he was suspended by baseball for one year for his role in the cheating in the cheating scandal. Uh, you know, they weren't allowed to talk to him legally until uh, basically the day after the World Series, which uh, I, and basically in that short time after the World Series, they've already had two meetings with him. They're about to have a third, so it seems imminent at this point that they're probably going to end up looking at bringing back Alex. Uh, do you think this is a good move for Boston? Who, you know, you know, uh, in uh, they brought him in in 2018. They won the World Series 2019. Uh, had pretty much a World Series hangover. Had some injuries that kind of like really put them downhill that year. I think they still have one of the best offenses in baseball, but their pitching was just awful for some reason that year. Uh, do you think it's Do you think it's a good Do you think it's a good idea to bring a guy like Cora back? I think it's a good idea. I don't think it's a good look. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah I agree. It's kind of tainted goods at this point. Like there's there's a lot of like significance there that yeah. it can do. Like they can bring a lot to the team, but. Like from a fan standpoint, like you just lose a lot of pride. Yeah, for your team. Yeah, like happens. you know exactly what to expect from him as being your manager. Like, yeah, it's mean, not a good look. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: good move, good look. I I kind of agree with you on that, yeah. and I think that a lot of Boston fans will take Cora back with open arms. I don't think that there's going to be a lot of backlash from Boston fans. Now, obviously, the national media might have more of a frenzy with it yeah. than anything. Uh, but you know, I look at the New York Yankees, who uh, I I said this a couple shows ago. Uh, probably like maybe a month or so ago, George Steinbrenner was suspended twice by baseball. Once was once was for life, and he was let back into the game, and he's still marred as one of the one of the you know uh, great baseball president of baseball operations because of the dynasty he won in the nineties. Yeah, and uh, if Cora can come back, and I know the Red Sox this year will have a terrible season. I think I think it's the highest draft pick they're gonna have since the uh, I think since nineteen sixty seven. So they they had a historically bad season this year. Yeah, even though it was only sixty games. Uh, I think that you know, getting a guy back in that could maybe rally these players uh, in a way that Ron Renneke couldn't. I think getting, I think that getting these, I think getting Cora back might be the move. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. Uh, but then, uh, you know, fi- uh, finally, before we end up going down to the wire, uh, I want to discuss something in NCAA football. Uh, it has come out that uh, court- that uh, Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence has been diagnosed with COVID nineteen and will and will miss his game versus Boston College. Uh, does this? I mean, obviously, I don't think this changes anything about about where Trevor is going to be going in the yeah. draft. But, uh, but uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on just the fact that that Clemson's uh, star QB is now going to be out? It doesn't surprise me. Um, we talk all the time about how it it might just for a few years at least have to be like an injury kind of thing to look at. But it's made its way into college, and I mean, yeah. that's no surprise though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no surprise. Yeah, I mean, I know supposedly he's a he's a very good boy, Christian Man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know, I mean, here's the thing, Trevor. I mean, they're facing DC, so that means that they're only gonna beat him by forty now with Trevor Lawrence out at quarterback <laughs> instead of by seventy. Because <laughs> uh, because uh, the BC football program is something else that we can talk about in a, in a, at a different time. Yeah, I mean, there could not have been a better dream for this time. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. This was Alabama; they'd be screwed. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you know, uh, I mean, you think about BC and. You know, that is something else I really would want to get into on another show, uh, especially since, you know, I mean, could you imagine how fun it would be if, if, you know, the New England area had a, 
really had a competitive college football team that we could rally around? Yeah, no. Can you imagine how fun you're that right. would be? And it's certainly AP and UMass. I mean, oh, how do you, how, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> no I mean, way. I mean, obviously we have Bryant and all that stuff here, but you know, in terms of like, in terms of like, a, no, national, like a, a real competitive, a national yeah. thing with a with a giant stadium full and of BC fans. BC is the best shot, at least around exactly. here. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, they really haven't had anything like that since Flutie. Yeah. So I mean, if 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 BC could get back to you know being that thing, which I I don't think at least you know. It, during my time, as yeah. during my time, anytime soon they're gonna be I mean, doing that. Almost every Boston sports team is looking towards almost crumbling. That would be the perfect time. I, honestly, BC could just you know we can't win any more professional chips at least for now. So let's move into college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's. We 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 are, we kind of just had to we kind of just had to basically scare the crap out of everyone else professionally. Now we'll just take slowly take over the college game. Yeah, uh, you know, but that's oh, something right. I. But you know, BC's had a ton of problems, which uh, has bugged me, which has bugged me for years, especially the way that they've been run as an organization. I, I I'd probably want to talk about that, you know, at, at another time. But it is currently 8:02. Uh, you know, we we started the show a little later, so I wanted to take it over a little bit. Uh, but you know, we we want to thank everyone for tuning into the Halloween special. Uh, you know, I'm 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 going as that annoying kid from the Polar Express. <laughs> so I wanted to, so I so I wanted to dress up for that. Yeah, Cardi, you want to show off your thing real quick? I got a... Uh, oh, it, it fell, fell off! Down, dude. It, it fell off! No, Jake, still Jake, hold I'll that up for It's Jake, hold that up for This uh, This totally legit McKeel Harry jersey. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then Jake and then Jake decided to steal decided to steal my Kenny the Jet Smith jersey. Uh, shout out Chris Martin for that bit. Uh, still still fire. Thanks again, bro. Uh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, you better thank me. I think we are down to the wire. It is official that we are down to the wire. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to thank, we, first of all, we want to thank Jake for coming on to the show so much. Thank uh, you, Jake. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, but always glad to be here. But, you know, being down to the wire means we're going to go through everything we talked about in the past hour. Before, oh, yeah. Before we everything. send you off for a happy Halloween weekend. Uh, in the NBA, we discussed Mike D'Antoni going to, going to Brooklyn to become the assistant head coach. We discussed Daryl Morey to Philly, and we discussed a possible Gordon Hayward to Indiana trade. Jake gave some great insight on that. Jake, thank you so much for that. Any any uh, closing statements that you can think of uh, with, with these moves? Uh, not much else. Just I'm ready for some change. Yeah, for sure. See you next season. Uh, in NFL news, we talked about the we talked about uh, Gilmore room with uh, Stephon Gilmore trade rumors heating up. Uh, he put his house on the market, and you know it almost seems imminent at this point He's that, out of there. that Stephon Gilmore will not He's be able to pass in on November. Bye, 3rd. bye, Gilmore. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, bye. we also talked about uh, this Pat's about this Pat's Bills game being an absolute must-win, especially with other games going on the rest of the season. It's going to be a real challenge for the Pat's, you know, after after all the struggles they've had. Uh, I believe Julian Edelman is also going to be out for a significant period of time, so some other troubles there. We'll have to get into that and see how how that impacts them this weekend. In we also talked to the. The pos- we also talked about uh, if Bill Belichick's GM days are, are numbered. We don't really think so, especially especially if uh, Kraft takes any more power from Bill. He's gonna be he's gonna say bye, Felicia. Uh, we also talked Andy Dalton going to. We also talked about Andy Dalton's inconsistency as starter and now being placed in concuss- on concussion protocol. The goat Ben DiNucci is now taking over and is gonna lead this Dallas Cowboys squad. Uh, you know, obviously some tr- obviously obviously some troubles there. In MLB news, we talked about the managerial hires of Tony La Russa to the Chicago White Sox and, and A.J. Hinch to the Detroit Tigers, as well as the suspected rumors of Alex Cora going to the Boston Red Sox. And finally, we ended things out with uh, Trevor Lawrence going uh, with Trevor Lawrence being diagnosed with COVID-19 uh, and being and being replaced by, I guess, true freshman. Uh, I don't even know how to say that guy's name. DJ DJ Ugalaye. I don't know how well, to say. Well, if he's it. anything like Tua, he's going to be good. Oh yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. 
Yeah, just a long ass name that no one can say. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and and before and one last thing, uh, we did talk about the Kanye West Joe, Joe Rogan podcast at the beginning of the episode. Uh, this this will obviously be up on uh, Instagram later tonight. Oh yeah. Uh, but you can listen to WJMF eighty eight point seven HD two HD two Smithville Providence, or even tuning in at WJMF.com or or even watching here on Facebook. Uh, but from down the wire, I'm Brian Costa. I'm Carter Adams. I'm Jacob Marche. And uh, we hope you had, uh, have a happy Halloween and Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Yeah, <laughs> thank you guys, thank you guys so much for the support. Let's see you guys. <laughs>